Welcome to Pretty Curious. I'm Jonathan Van Ness, and every other week I sit down with a stunning expert to talk all things beauty, skincare, hair care, self-care, and beyond. This week, we're speaking with model, fashion doll, and artist Gigi Good. We fell in love with Gigi on the 12th season of RuPaul's Drag Race. Since then, we've been following everything she's up to, from magazine covers to Fashion Week appearances, to her work with the House of Avalon, a creative collective that counts Gigi and fellow Drag Race star Simone as members. The House's new series, Avalon TV, is out now on WOW Presents Plus. If you just can't wait to hear our combo with Gigi, head to the episode description for more info on how far to skip ahead. But first, it's time for Get Ready With Me segment, product reviews and recommendations of the bi-weekly, the every two weeks. So I went to Sephora a few weeks ago to do a non-hair uh, care haul, and I got some things to test out and try out for today. Um, y'all, I've been using the Necessaire Body Cream. The formula is beautiful. It's very luxurious. It's very rich. It's very creamy, but it does take a minute to kind of fully like meld into the skin. I think for sensitive skin girlies like me, this is great. Um, and you can even just hear the luxury when you close the bottle. Do you hear that luxury? It just, it just fucking screams luxury. I, I have been struggling with closing the lid, but I can't tell if that's, I can't tell if it's me or if it's it. Is it me? Is it me? Am I the problem? Uh, but yes. Yeah, so that's giving, I'd say it's a yes. Next product. So for a makeup recommendation of the week, Danessa Myricks. Y'all, Danessa, you remember when Danessa told us about yummy skin? It starts as a liquid, and then when you put it on the skin, it turns into a powder. I like how light it is. I like how pretty it feels. Plays well with other things. I also really like the packaging. It comes with this little, like, spatula if you want to keep it really clean, which I do appreciate. I, full disclosure, stuck my big gay finger in it, but... Yeah, love Danessa Myricks. This is incredible. She was not kidding around. Absolutely worth it. Okay, so skincare. I started using this fresh sugar lip treatment. It's giving you pout. It's giving beautiful. It's just like this. It's it's just gorgeous. Get it. Um, our social media manager for JV and Hair told me to get it. I did. It's amazing. I love how it feels. It's so good. Then for hair care wreck. Non-JVN Hair Edition. This is called What A Wave, and it's a dry finishing spray by Shuamura. I really like their styling products. Uh, we don't have a dry finishing spray yet for JVN Hair, so I'm still using this one. It's gorgeous. It gives a great dry finish. It's great for coarse hair. It's good for fine hair. If you just want to add a little bit more texture, especially onto clean hair, this is great. Um, if you want to do kind of a more like disheveled, like not so perfect, kind of like messy updo, it's also a great detailer for that. It is a little pricey, so it's like put it on your wish list. I mean, Shua Moore is just a little pricey, but it's worth it and I love it. Beauty news and hot takes. If you are that person who has been wanting to try out a fringe or a little uh, bangs, fringe, whatever, I always recommend against getting a fringe um, or bangs in spring or summer because it's just like hotter and you have to style it more often and it's just... If you're not used to having a fringe, I don't think spring and summer is the right time to try. But if you uh, are curious and you've never tried a fringe before and you've wanted one, I love fall winter because it's just, it's not as hot. It's not as sweaty. It's not as miserable to like have hair on your face. It's, it is when it's hot outside. So if you've been fringe curious, um, 
it's time, I think, to get getting curious about your fringe. And then also, if you are doing big, like, seasonal hair changes, I'm just, again, saying get an inspo pick and understand that that inspo pick for your hairdresser is just that it's inspiration. Um, when we bring in pictures, it's great because it gives us common language with your hairdresser. But at the same time, we have to remember that there can be a lot in a photo that doesn't meet the eye, such as extensions, um, color correction, Photoshop, uh, lighting. So you can use photos as a reference point with your hairdresser, but don't take it as like an end all be all. So that's our beauty uh, reads of the week. Um, Oh, here's one more thing. I did a uh, live with Kelly and Mark uh, to talk about getting curious a, a couple weeks ago or like a week ago. Can I just say, Kelly Ripa's hair has never looked better. She looks incredible. The hair is herring. I love her hair so much. And her and Mark Consuelos are quite possibly the cutest couple I've ever seen. They are just so cute. Love them. Their glam was incredible. What a nice set. How nice to be there. Love them for having me. Um, but yeah, their their glam was really giving it to me. Now, uh, without further ado, let's get to our conversation with the extraordinary Gigi Good. Um, Gigi, how are you? I'm so good. How are you? Good. You look stunning today, as you always do. Thank like, you. I'm not surprised. Oh, stop it. My brain is experiencing short mini ADHD glitches because I want to talk about so many things. <laughs> What's up? I mean, I think I, people know you obviously from Drag Race. They know you from your stunning social media presences. You are, they, and they also are about to know you from House of Avalon, which is so stunning. You guys were obsessed with it. It's so funny. It's so incredible. You guys have to watch Thank it. Thank you. Because you are such a known beauty entity like force. What's it like to get ready with Gigi Good? <laughs> I mean, honestly, to get ready with Gigi Good is probably a little bit boring. Um, only because, and I only say that because, like, when I'm getting ready, it's like very ritualistic. There's like, I rarely have music playing. It's very much just me and my own thoughts and my table full of products, which I'm told is like um, psychopathic behavior. <laughs> I love that you. Don't listen to music. Is that cre- is that weird? Well, it's not weird, but it's like I feel like I try to pick my music based off of like if like kind of my energy and mm-hmm. then like whatever I'm about to do. Like if I'm gonna do stand-up, I'm always listening to like up up music. Okay. If I'm gonna yeah. go like film something, it's more like kind of calming because I want to be like present, you know? Yeah. But I love it. But quiet's good. I bet that's why you fucking look so stunning <laughs> all the time. You never miss. Because sometimes I notice when I listen to music, like sometimes if it's like too anxiety inducing, like uh-huh. I'll start like, especially if I'm late, like I'll start like fucking up because I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, ah, and then I'm like, why am I stressing myself out so bad with this music choice? So I think you're onto something. I don't know. I mean, when I'm with other people getting ready, which does happen sometimes, uh, I, d- I can't have it be silent because that's when I'm like extremely uncomfortable and I have to have something to break that noise. But yeah, if it's just me, myself, and I, it's, it's just me and my own thoughts. Sidebar follow-up because it's we're coming into fall. I've, I live in yes. Texas, which is a horrific place oh, to live. Goodness. Where are you, babe? That's so wild. Um, I am in Los Angeles in Koreatown currently. Yes, Lo- oh, I love Koreatown. Um, I also love LA. Um, and also I'm in Austin, so it's like we are like oh. the, one of the bright spots of Texas. But it's like it's just yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Austin. But so. We are. I came out like in the morning the other day, and I was like, "Oh, it's fall! Like it's just starting to get a little cooler. Mm-hmm. It's starting to get a little colder." Does your skincare like change as the seasons change for your makeup prep routine, or is it just always the same? 
for me, consistency is really key. Like having the products that I know work for me and using them to the point where my skin gets completely used to them. I think the only thing that probably does change is like more moisture as it gets drier and colder, but you can never have enough moisture. I definitely agree. Like consistency is so important. Not doing like it is big rash change decisions like on your skin. Because <laughs> I have psoriasis. Like my shit's really sensitive as well. So it's like, uh, yeah, it, consistency is really important. And you have the most stunning, beautiful skin. So it's like why I had to ask. Cause like, I, like we needed to know. Thank you. Well, ho- hormones also do the trick. I'll tell you that. They get you together. I mean, and I keep hearing that. I keep hearing that. <laughs> they will get your ass together. Sidebar, not to go out of the left field again, but I just have to. <laughs> your eyes are so fucking pretty. <laughs> like, I can't. I'm having trouble, like, determining, like, what are different. Like, like I, I, I'm having a trouble, like, distinguishing things. You know, I've gone through a, a really big journey with my face and my facial structure, both surgically and non-surgically. Um, but my face changed a lot with hormones. And it's kind of been, like, I think before the goal with makeup was to hide any and all natural features and paint like that and manipulate light. But now that I'm, like, comfortable and happy with my bones and my facial structure I'm I'm very comfortable just like warming up the parts that need to be warmed up and like just tailoring and cleaning and doing that just on a day-to-day and then of course I still paint for the back row when I'm in drag and feels great I have a completely out of left field question about my own makeup I've been having a problem lately can you help me with something that yeah I just I just okay because I did this literally this is like this is out of life okay <laughs> So like I do all my skincare okay. and then I do my eyes first because okay. like I want to like deal with like the fallout and then I do my and then I do moisturize or then I do um not moisturize I'm sorry my skincare first then my eyes and I'm doing like a primer on my eyes and then I do my uh like whatever my foundation or like skin's gonna be um I put that on and I like and then I do um and then I do like beauty blender on it then I do my concealer on top of that like right over here and um so but and then okay yes. then I do like this powder bronzer and when I put it on it gets splotchy crazy like I get these like crazy splotches did you miss a step no I don't know did I do you, I don't, do you set do you set your foundation and concealer before using the powder bronzer no well ding 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 okay so that's the problem there is the answer you need to either actually do you, do you like to set your face with powder? Or do you like it to stay more dewy, glowy? I kind of like both. Like, I feel like I need to set it with a powder for my, like... Yeah. I, I also have that setting spray. I, I got that setting spray because then I was like, is that going to help, like, if I do a colorful eye, like, not have, like, it end up all over my face? It does. It does. It does help. It seals it in. But, like, for the base for the bronzer, I would suggest either set your face with a powder once you have your concealer and your foundation on, and then you can go in with all your powder products and it won't be splotchy or use a cream bronzer that you can blend in with your foundation and and concealer. And then once you set all of that, use the cream bronzer, cream blush, get your whole paint by numbers done. And then once you set it, you can go back in and reinforce it with the powders. And then would you set it? So do all cream and then set it with like my translucent powder. Yeah. Yes. And then spray. I always wait to spray the face until after all the powders are on. So like blush, bronzer, contour, highlighter, like once all the powders are on, then you spray it. Cause then it all sinks into the skin a little bit. And it looks a little bit more, you know, like you could, if you have a little macro lens, you can't see all the like dust on the fine hairs on the face. You've like kind of, 
crested in with the with the spray. Yes, because I've been really proud of my eyeball job lately, but my bronzer has been so crazy, and I've just been having to use my blow dry to like no, hide my crazy splotchy uh, no. bronzer. Like I'm just like I'll just put my hair over it because it's like all crazy. <laughs> like all right, my like. No, you deserve a yank. You deserve a pullback. You know, like I give him, give him a, give him a face moment. Use try a cream bronzer. No, I would say try that. I have one of Patrick Taz that I really like. I think. Oh, that's fabulous. Yeah. Okay. I, I just perfect. I just. I think I just got scared with creams on my face because I was like. When will it end? I'm not JLo. I don't know how to do it, how she does it, but maybe I can. Like, that's my new frontier. Less is more, you know? Like, it, you don't have to pack it all on right away. And Patrick Ta has really great, like, buildable sheer bronzers, from what I remember. So, yes. I don't know. Like, and you know, honestly, your fingers are your best friends. How many dates? Um, but you just, you know, use the finger, blend it out, change your life. Okay, so we're obsessed with the House of Avalon in this house here. I'm getting curious. We love so much. Um, for the uninitiated, can you introduce us to the house and its members? Yes, of course. So the House of Avalon, for those of you who may not know, is a collective group of people from Arkansas. There's five of them. Uh, Grant Vanderbilt, Caleb, Marco Monroe, Hunter Crenshaw, and Simone, who won season 13 of RuPaul's Drag Race. So they're all, they all hail from Arkansas, moved to L.A., I dropped out of school sophomore year, moved to LA, kind of weaseled my way in. And I'm I'm kind of like a sister of Avalon. I moved right across the street. And then our other mm-hmm. friend Riley moved right next door to me. So we kind of have this big compound in Koreatown right now. And, um, you know, we've been kind of growing together and our careers have been evolving together kind of as, as a unit as well as individually. And through the pandemic, we had this, uh, the show on uh, Twitch, I think it was Twitch, yeah, called Avalon TV. And it was just like, we kind of treated it like public access television. We were just making whatever we wanted to. Like one day I would make a pie, I would try to assemble a puzzle that never got finished. <laughs> and then another day, you know, there was a, a, a drag race review show. And so throughout the pandemic, for like two years, we were doing this throughout the pandemic and we built a little audience and we just kept saying, you know, like there should be cameras following us around all the time. And I, we finally... Um, you know, about a year and some change ago, started working on that. And we've had camera crews following us around and we've been doing skits and we've been doing all kinds of random, random crazy shit that we are able to call Avalon TV. That's actually a TV show that is happening and it's out. The first episode is out now, which is crazy. <laughs> and people can find it. And it's also, it's something we can talk about because it is yes. uh, web. So just so y'all know, we can talk about, we are like, we are, we're all up in it in all the good ways, but where can people find it? So it's on wow presents plus, which um, also for those of you who don't know is kind of like the main streaming service for all things drag and queer and stuff. So world of wonder is the company that founded RuPaul's drag race. And honestly, RuPaul. And um, they've kind of built this empire. And, you know, aside from RuPaul's Drag Race, they have all their own little shows that they do. And they asked us to be a part of that. And now we've got our own. uh, It's a little mini series right now for the first season. Hopefully the second season will have a little bit more. But right now there's six episodes and the first one is out. It's going to release weekly. Um, And yeah, it just 
dropped last night. We got to see it. We love it so much. It's oh, just you. so funny and smart and genius. And we love you guys so much. And it's going to go so far. So please share about it, you guys. You got to listen to it. What's it like <laughs> to be the self-described fashion doll of the group, darling? I love a self-description. I think our whole running theme in this house is is childlike wonder uh. and ma- maintaining our childlike wonder. And that's something that is so crucial to not only keeping sane, but keeping creatively at the top of our game. Um, Cause there's, there's no more creative time in your life than when you're an, a child who hasn't been tainted by society. And so, you know, the fashion doll aspect was me kind of hearkening back to everything that I imagined I was and wanted to be when I was a little kid. And, you know, now I kind of get to be that. I don't know. I'm like, I, there's no difference between me and my dolls that I played with, except I'm not like drawing on myself with permanent marker. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That is like resonating so hard. And that is so true. Like I've never articulated it like that exactly, but it's like maintaining your childhood joy is so important, but it's like, it gets harder and harder, but it's, it, or I don't know if you feel like that, but I feel like that a little bit, but that could just be because I live in a really repressive, uh, state legislative place, which, um, is wearing me out, but it's, you know, uh, but the creativeness and the relationship between your inner or like maintaining that inner child sense of wonder, wonder is like so important. Well, I think it's even more important when you live in places like that. Like, I think that's a big reason why television is kind of what raised a lot of us. A lot of the people in the house of Avalon, especially, and, you know, coming from Arkansas, their best friends growing up were Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman and Buffy and, you know, like these, these characters on television that brought them through and honestly taught them everything they needed to know. And they're kind of passing that on to me and we're passing it on to the, the rest of the world. <laughs> Come on, um, House of Avalon. Um, it's almost Halloween, so we have to ask, are you a Halloween girly? Yes. Halloween is my time of year. Halloween is my everything. I try my darndest to start planning Halloween, like in September, um, if not before then. And... I mean, there's only a couple of people in my friend group that I think love Halloween as much as me, if not more. Um, But, you know, I try to make all these plans and then we have like 15 people to wrangle and it becomes really difficult. So Halloween always ends up being like a handful of events, a couple costumes, and then a lot of like haunted hayrides and and haunted houses and stuff like that. But I am a slut for Halloween. I'm a slut for Halloween. So I don't want you to like spoil anything about your like Halloween costume plans, but like, can you tell us how many do you have like a, do you have a a presumption on the number that you're going to be pulling this year? We're doing one really big group costume um, towards the end of the month that I think is going to be really wild and kind of major. And um, I think it's going to shake things up a little bit. I'm not going to tell you what it is because it's a really fun idea. Um, But that's one. And then we just kind of did one the other night for our party sugar tank at precinct where we all just wore white and threw blood at each other. Um, that was great. Yes. I feel like probably roughly four to five different costumes. That is such a commitment. I love it so much. You guys never miss. I'm obsessed. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. Oh, what about, do you have any like tips or tricks for people like for picking an amazing costume or like any, mm. like, do you suggest like doing like a trial run on the makeup or like just fucking going for it or like any, any pitfalls to avoid in a big Halloween look? 
Well, first of all, I always recommend a makeup trial, especially if you don't know how to do makeup and your look. Like a lot of people get really ballsy with their Halloween costumes when it comes to makeup and they'll just wait until the night of to do it. And they're like, oh shit, makeup is hard. Mm. Makeup is literally painting. So, you know, do a trial. But also if like when in doubt, call up your mom, call up your dad, look in your old scrapbooks and find an old childhood Halloween costume and just recreate it. Oh, that's so that's a I really good that idea. If you need a last minute costume, like find the old Peter Pan picture of yourself and then it's great, like bada bing, bada boom, you post them right next to each other, you're good to go. One of your other many talents, which I didn't know about, is uh, working with wigs. Yeah. So how did you discover and embrace your love of hair? So, so you know, I, it started with all of my Barbies and American Girl dolls and um, doing, and then it, it led to doing my mom's hair for church and for, you know, PTA meetings and stuff like that when I was little, little, little. I mean, before I even have memories, my mom tells me I was French braiding her hair. Um, but I remember I have like these, like this weird flash of memory of being maybe like three or four or five, something in that age range. It gets blurry. Um, I lived in Evanston. I was born and grew up in Evanston until I was seven years old. And I remember there's, there's a lot of alleyways and I was outside playing one day and I found a track of human hair <laughs> that was just, the track itself was just long enough to wrap around my head and tie it in the back. And it was, I mean, this is like nasty. This is like Evanston, Illinois, alleyway, human hair laying on the ground. Uh, and I just, but I remember like tying it around my head and like feeling the wind blow through it. And like, I don't know, that left such a big impact on me. And now my favorite feeling is having hair on with wind. I, there's like something so powerful about that. Um, but you know, that all kind of evolved into me once I started doing drag and I realized that wigs were a really big part of drag, that's when I really started to play with like steam sets and synthetics and, you know, moving more into human hair and sculptural. And, you know, I was an art kid all throughout school, even up until I dropped out. So I, I to me, it's, it's sculptural. It's, it's a, it's just another art form. And um, yeah. So getting to do hair for myself was another thing, but then getting to do it for somebody like, you know, my sister Simone for her season was in, in completely outside my box because, you know, I was able to do like these braided, dreaded, crazy hairstyles for her that I had never really even attempted before. And I really discovered my love for like all kinds of hairstyling. It's like my love language is hair. And also, wait, so you did Simone's hair for all of her season? Mm-hmm. That hair was major. Thank you. <laughs> oh my God. Um, Thanks. Any advice for folks who want to build a look around a bold hairstyle? Oh, uh, you know, okay. Honestly, I think when I used to do my bold hairstyles, I, it used to be like more is more, you know, it has to have crazy hair and then a crazy outfit. And then some aspect of the outfit has to be on the head to tie it all together. Nowadays where I'm kind of like finding my references and learning my history and, and really getting into fashion in that sense, I'm realizing that it kind of is best to have an either or moment. So if you have something crazy going on in your head, um, which I love, I think sometimes it's best to 
have something really slick and timeless and simple down below because then that's going to be the focal point. Whereas if you have like a crazy ass fucking outfit, sometimes a a little slick chignon (laughs) is the best route to go. I don't know. But also never say never because I am kind of a hypocrite saying that because I guarantee you this Halloween season I will be having crazy up top and bottom. Sometimes it's both and. Yes. And sometimes it's either. It's like, it's a really, it just depends. You have to balance. It has to balance, you know, and it depends on where you're going also. If my outfit is bolder, I feel like I tend to like pull the hair back. Yeah. And like, just like, like, and just, I also feel like that it like probably intimates like wanting to, be a little more formal if the mm-hmm. outfit's like super loud, like just like intricate or whatever. So like pull the hair up. It's like you're not going to fucking Whole Foods. Like give it like a really like yes. I I think that's like yeah. I I, I vibe that. <laughs> so uh, you're a pro at getting creative with close friends and family, and we have a listener who could use your advice. Okay. <laughs> Voicemail question. Hi, Jonathan. Um, first and foremost, I absolutely love and adore you. Um, thanks for all you do. Um, so I have a bit of a dilemma. Um, so my cousin, who is my absolute best friend, has been doing my hair for about the past few years. And I absolutely love and adore her. However, I don't really love and adore how she does my hair. Um, She's only been cutting hair for a few years, and so, you know, it takes more time, but there have been some errors along the way. Um, so, for example, she accidentally um, cut my hair into bangs. Um, there was a time where she only waxed, like, one half of my lip. Um, there's been situations where basic colors have taken, like, seven hours, and I, like I said, I love her, I adore her, but I'm just not happy and I miss my high-end salon and I don't know how to address this with her or if I should try to find someone new because I don't want to ruin the relationship. She's really special to me. So any advice or input would be so appreciated. Um, again, thanks so much for being you. I love you and have a wonderful day. Gigi, what does she do? I don't know. I think if you're not happy with how your hair is looking, then that is a conversation you have to have. Or maybe you should just be like, um, hey, I had my old stylist reached out to me and just asked if I wanted to, they were going to try something new. And if I wanted a service, I'm just going to go and see how it is. And, you know, sometimes you have to come up with a little white lie um, to to protect the feeling. Or it could be like my old stylist called and like they had a house fire and really needs my support because yes, they were insured exa- or something. Oh, the guilt. Get them with the guilt. But I mean, otherwise, like... Yes. I'm sure your cousin's not going to be make mistakes with hair for forever. And three years is not that long. And I guarantee you in another three years from now, you're going to be thanking your lucky stars that you have a family member who loves you so much that can do hair and probably doesn't charge you. I think that's really the, I think we need to send a follow-up to her and ask, is she paying for the service? The other thing we just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you paying for it? If you're paying, then move on next n- new stylist. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're not, then yeah. But otherwise I think we gave you some really good answers. Ah. <laughs> so we're rounding third base. We're coming into our final segment. Um, okay. So it's giving, this gets more rapid fire. Um, what is your go-to budget beauty recommendation? Uh, um, Aquaphor on everything. That's such a good answer. Okay. A splurge <laughs> recommendation. You want to treat yourself. 
I think a really beautiful fragrance. Like you have to, sometimes you got to splurge on a fragrance because you can smell when a girl is a little cheap, you know? <laughs> I also like when people do like their more, like more daily, like inexpensive, and you can have like the expensive yeah. one for like really special occasions. Like I feel like people do that. Yeah, that's, I like Several. that to me. Same, same. Uh, must keep in stock recommendation. Like you could end up on Hoarders as like your next unscripted show. Like, cause you just like would always never run out of it. Ooh. Um, okay. I, one of two, either the Kosas Concealer which is my all-time favorite concealer. And I discovered it like sometime last year. And it's the only, I, it's the only thing I use as foundation, as concealer. Love it. And I always run out of it. Um, and then the Embryolisse Primer. I don't know if you've heard of that. <laughs> is that for your whole face? Uh-huh. And it makes you look like porcelain. Uh. It is so stunning. And it's technically a moisturizer, but it acts as a primer. So it doesn't like clog you or anything, but it is so delicious and I've gone through like two tubes of it already. Okay, we have to write that down. I need to do, especially the closest thing. Okay. Okay. This is slaying seconds or storage. Slaying, what's a new product that you're obsessed with right now? You did just say that, Kosas, but is there anything else? I think, yeah, I think it's Kosas. That one is like the thing that's really grabbed grabbed me by chokehold. Seconds, a product that deserves a comeback. Um... Maybe like the Urban Decay All Nighter spray, like that setting spray, because that was popular and it kind of went out of style for no reason, but it, it's kind of tried and true. Storage. What's something that's had its day in the sun? Throw it out. We Over it. Um, a, a matte liquid lip. Mm. A matte liquid lip. I'm, I'm a little tired of it. So, and sometimes when I see it in person now, I'm like, you got the crusties on the corners of your lips and it's just not, you know, get some gloss, get a little bit of gloss. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, Centerful beauty moments. What's an iconic look that inspires you to this day? Ooh, uh, um, anything Linda Evangelista, I, I really love and I, I'm, I'm loving her renaissance right now. Mm. I think something that's, something of hers that really sticks with me all the time is her, I want to say it was 1990 Mugler when she had all that like car hardware and the white headband with like the blue flipped hair. That was very, that stuck with me and it still sticks with me. So avant-garde. Yeah. Um, what's a recent beauty moment that stopped you in your tracks? Um, when I started seeing the girls drawing in all their little beauty marks and freckles on their face, I was like, oh my God, I have like so many acne scars. I'm going to do that too. And that's brilliant. And now I do it every day and it's just become the norm. And I kind of want to get them like tattooed. Like I do a little one here and a little one here. And like, you know, I love that. That really got my ass. Okay. What's a beauty look that we've yet to see, but absolutely need? Okay, so first of all, no such thing as an original idea. It doesn't exist. It's not real. Everything's a reference. So I think beauty and fashion are kind of always hearkening back to some kind of decade or era or time period. And I'm kind of wanting, like, we've gotten the 90s. We've gotten the 2000s. We did the 80s. That was really strong. Um, I kind of want, like, a 17th century type reference, you know, like maybe a Rococo or something like very, I don't know, very like matte and flat and like flush and pink and like beauty marks and thick, clumpy lash. Like, you know, like kind of, I, I'm kind of ready for that. More of like an avant-garde. It's giving other Bolin girl. Yes. Uh-huh. But editorial. Ooh. Yeah. What's on the horizon for you, Gigi? And where can people follow along? Where are you the most active? 
I am feeling, honestly, feeling really good about the horizon. I, I have very high hopes. I'm, I'm with, you know, a new agency. I'm, I'm hoping to grace the silver screen once again, um, aside from our TV show, which is going to take up a lot of our time and so much of our passion. Um, I think, I don't know, you know, I don't really think about the future. I kind of let life hit me uh, when it comes, but I have really high hopes for the future and I see it going up and up and up and up and up. And y'all can find me on Instagram at the GG good, as well as TikTok with the same username. Um, I don't use Twitter or X. Sorry, that's my hell. And we like to call it Twitter still because Elon likes it when people call it X. So we can still call it Twitter. Oh, it's definitely Twitter. And I definitely hate it. Gigi Good, thank you so much for coming on Pretty Curious. We yes. appreciate you. We love you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This is so fun. We love you so much. Thanks for coming. Ah. Thank you. You've been listening to Pretty Curious with me, Jonathan Van Ness. You can learn more about this week's guest in the episode description of whatever you're listening to the show on. And you can follow us on Instagram at Curious with JVN. Pretty Curious drops every other Monday wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to tune in next Monday for an episode of Curious Now and every Wednesday for Getting Curious. But you still can't get enough, Queen? I feel you. You can subscribe to Extra Curious on Apple Podcasts for commercial-free listening and our subscription-only show, Ask JVN, where we're talking sex, relationships, and so much more. Our engineer is Nathaniel McClure. Our theme music is also composed by Nathaniel McClure. Pretty Curious is produced by me, Chris McClure, and Allison Weiss, with production support from Julie Carrillo, Ann Curry, and Chad Hall. 